0: Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries, where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will, so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J O. So, I want us to go to the ministry of God's word, um, 1 Samuel chapter nine. I'm reading from the King James version, the Authorized version of sixteen eleven, written under the command. The order of King James, the King of England. That's why it's called King James version. So that's what I want to read. I may not read uh, the scriptures uh, in a sequential way. So I, you may probably notice that I may jump because it's quite uh, a long reading. And uh, so this is uh, First Samuel chapter chapter one, or rather First Samuel uh, First Samuel chapter nine. So, just bear with me in case I skip some of, the script, uh, some of the verses.
1: Verse 1. Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish,
0: the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward he was higher than any of the people. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, go seek the asses. And he passed through the Mount Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalisha, but they found them not. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and there they were not. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. And when they were come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the asses and take thought of us, for us rather. And he said unto him, Behold now there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man, and all he saith cometh surely to pass. Now let us go, Peter. Peradventure he can show us our way that we should go. And then so to his servant. But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels, and there is not a present to bring to the man of God, what have we? And the servant answered Saul again and said, Behold, I have here at hand the fourth part of a shekel of silver that will I give to the man of God to tell us our way. And then I want us to skip to verse 11. And as they went up the hill to the city they found young maidens going out to draw water and said unto them, Is the seer here? And they, un- and they answered them and said, He is, behold, he is before you. Make haste now, for he come today to the city. For there is a sacrifice of the people today in the high place. As soon as ye become come into the city, ye shall straightway find him before he go up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he come, because he doeth bless the sacrifice. And afterward, they eat that be bidden. Now therefore get you up, for about this time ye shall find him. And then... Skip to number 15, verse 15 rather. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the land of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry is come unto me. And then verse 18. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where is the seer? where the seer's house is? And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let thee go. And I will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee and all thy father's house? Then let's go to verse 22. And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the parlor and made them sit in the chief first place among them that were bidden, which were about thirty persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I gave, which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, set it by thee. And the cook took up the shoulder and that which was upon it, and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which is left, set it before thee, and eat. For unto this time hath it been kept for thee, since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. And then let's go up to uh, verse 27. Verse 27. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid thy servant pass on before us. And he passed on, but uh, uh, but stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of the Lord. Uh, Let's go to chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial, Of oil and poured it upon his head, and kissed him and said, "Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance?" And then I want us to come to verse five, verse five of chapter ten. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God. Where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a palstrey and a tamarit and a pipe and a harp before them. And they shall prophesy and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee And thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. Then verse 9, And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Turn to the person next and ask that person, is Saul so also among the prophets? Turn to the other person and ask the same question. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to continue from where I stopped last Sunday. I'm still handling the subject or the topic the realms of consecration. And uh, I begin to submit to us that the purpose of divine revelation is to separate you from being a common person. Revelation separates you from being an ordinary person so that you become an extraordinary person. The revelation of God's word reveals the reality of who you are, not what you are. Because there's a difference between who you are and what you are. Who you are is who is the very, very person that God made in his image and after his likeness. Yes. Revelation is like a divine mirror. Oh. It is a mirror which is a reflection of the person of God who mirrors your life as it is. Now, when I talk about God mirroring, you know, mirroring your life as it is, I'm not talking about your life as it currently is. I'm talking about your life from a divine perspective. I'm talking about your life in so far as the call and the ordinations of God are concerned in your life. Because, beloved, revelation enables you to see who you are in God as per ordination, not what you are, because what you are is not your ordination. Who you are is your ordination. Revelation enables you to see who you also are outside of God. You see, there is who you are in God and there is also who you are outside of God, beloved. In other words, revelation also enables you to be able to understand who exactly you are at present. Now, who you are at present is not what God has destined you to be because your present status is a, is a place of limitation. And God has not ordained us to operate in limitation. God has ordained that we should operate in a, in a realm of limitlessness. Hallelujah. The revelation of God's word shows you who you are supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. You see, you cannot know what you're supposed to do except that you know who you're supposed to be. Because who you're supposed to be defines and describes what you are supposed to do. And the more revelation of the word of God that you receive, the more you get to know, the more you get to understand what you are made of and how you can become the person that God has ordained you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understand that the revelation of the word of God or the revelation of the person of God, it introduces you to levels. It, it, It introduces you to the levels that you are capable of accessing and those that you are meant to hang out with. You see until God reveals of himself to you you can never know which level you are supposed to be. And therefore you'll also be able you, you'll also fall short of knowing who you are supposed to hang out with. Because the challenge that we have is that most times we think that the place where we are uh, and the places we access are the place the very places we are supposed to abide. But I submit to us that God has called us to higher places. There's a high place of, 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 of function. There's a higher place of dominion. There's a higher place where you are supposed to thrive. Because God made man in his image and after his likeness so that he may exercise dominion. And you see, dominion is only exercised to the degree that you understand and know who you are. Until you know who you are, you can never be able to know what you're capable of doing. Hallelujah. Until you know who you are, you will not also be able to know the people that you're supposed to hang out with. So the moment God discloses of himself to you, when he discloses himself to you, when he gives you the revelation of his word, what happens is the revelation of God's word removes you from the crowd. The revelation of God's word is the revelation of separation. Okay? It is supposed to separate you from the crowd and from the wrong environment so that you're positioned in an environment where you are set apart by the Holy Spirit for you to be able to fulfill your purpose. It is one thing to talk about the purpose of God, but it's another thing for you to know. How do you walk in the purpose of God? How do you exercise dominion? It is not possible for you to understand purpose and accept that you have the revelation of the word of God. Because revelation introduces you to your levels. Revelation introduces you to, 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 to a particular dimension or realm where you are supposed to operate independent and separate from everything. Revelation, what it does, it demarcates your boundary. It sets certain patterns and structures in your life so that you are able to function in a particular way. So friends, you must understand that the Holy Ghost will always use a specific process equivalent to your purpose to weed out the dross that you have in your life. You know, the person who is involved... In consecration is the person of the Holy Ghost. Now the Holy Ghost does not just come to consecrate you or to separate you for that reason, except that you go through a process. And the process that you go through is equivalent to your purpose. Hallelujah. The revelation of God's word is a gate code to consecration. You see, there can never be consecration except that you have Revelation. If you do not capture the revelation of God's word, you might end up blaming God for the process that you go through. You might end up murmuring and complaining. You know, many times we do not know that the, that the challenges that we go through in life is basically God's way of trying to take us through the journey of consecration. And many times we fight God, we fight the, 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 the workability of God in us and through us. We even fight the very people that God brings our way because, beloved, I submit to you that God use, uses human beings as instruments of consecration. Even as he speaks his word. Because remember, you do not live in a vacuum. You live within a social context. The very people that God positions in your life are the very ones that he will use to consecrate you. Hallelujah. So revelation is what precedes consecration. And understand, beloved, consecration can only be sustained in the life of a person who is growing in the the depth, the breadth, and the height of revelation. The more revelation you get, the more you grow in consecration. If you're not getting revelation, then it becomes impossible for you to grow in, 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 in consecration. Now, there's something that I want to tell us here concerning the wilderness. You know, many times when people hear the word wilderness, they think of problems. Anytime the word wilderness is mentioned, you know, many, you know when we read the Bible, we sometimes misinterpret the metaphorical usage of certain definatums in, 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 in scripture. And we begin to think that the wilderness is a place of hardship. The wilderness is a place of struggle. The wilderness is a place of luck. Because of the fact that you, 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 you are short of money. You are short of resources. And you begin to say that I'm in a wilderness. But I want to take us to a place where we begin to look at the wilderness differently from the way we've understood. Now, I want to tell us, beloved.
1: Prophetically, a wilderness is not a bush. Prophetically, a wilderness is not a place of struggle.
0: You see, the reason why you could be struggling is not because of a wilderness. You could be struggling because you are disobedient. So don't tell me that because of the fact that you, 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 you know it takes the hand of God for you to have a meal, you're going through a wilderness. It is not necessarily a wilderness.
1: It could be that you're lazy. Hello? Or it could just be other factors. So let
0: us not try to equate the wilderness as though it is a place of struggle. You see, the wilderness is the study consecration that is triggered within the realm of your
1: consciousness by spiritual hunger. You get what I'm saying? You see, Jesus Christ
0: presents himself at the river Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist tries to engage the Lord and tell him that, you know what? It is supposed to be the other way around. And Jesus tells him, you know what? Suffer it to be so now, for it is thus fitting to fulfill all righteousness. What was Jesus telling John the Baptist? That there is a certain hunger I have. There's a certain desire. There is something within me. There is a thing that is within me that has been triggered within my consciousness And this is something that has to do with my consecration. And part of fulfilling the righteousness of God and to complete my levels of divine dealing, I must submit myself to your baptism, not because I deserve to be baptized, but I am fulfilling righteousness. So consecration is part and the process of fulfilling the righteousness of God. Now, every elevated level has got restrictions. Hello? Hello? You get what I'm saying? Every level, of, level of, 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 of elevation has particular restrictions that have been established on a vessel that wills it. So if you're a vessel of God that anticipates to be elevated, be it in your career, be it in ministry, be it even in the gate of family, or in whichever gate of society, or generally in life, you must understand that the higher you go, the more you're promoted, the more there are restrictions. You see, promotion does not come so that you can do things the way you want, as you want, and whosoever. Promotion comes so that you may be able to function. Now, you cannot function when you're everywhere and with everybody. You cannot function when you are a man or a woman of bad character. You cannot function if at all you do not respect authority. You cannot function if you despise the words of elders. We talk about the fact that we want to function, we want to thrive in certain spheres, but the truth of the matter is that we do not even know what we are desiring. I submit to you, those that desire to go to higher places in their relationship with God, those that aspire to occupy certain gates that constitute society, you must understand that there are certain restraints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You must know, beloved, that every reality that is accessed in the spirit is a realm or a dimension that has a restriction. And
1: one of the realms... That God wants to usher us in this time is a realm of
0: consecration. Now the realm of consecration is a realm of restrictions. You get what I'm saying, beloved? You get what I'm saying? The restrictions of the realms to which God is calling us, and in this particular case, these restrictions are what are referred to as consecrations. When you find yourself restricted, when you, when you begin to live a life whereby you, you, you restrict yourself, you confine yourself within a particular sphere whereby there are things you cannot do, there are certain things you cannot say, there are people you cannot just hang around with. What is basically What, what that means is that you are actually operating within the realm or the realms of consecration. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now understand that God is calling us to a place whereby we ought to be consecrated to the magnitude and the scope of our assignments. You see, consecration does not come devoid of purpose. You are consecrated to the level, to the magnitude, to the scope of your assignment. No consecration, no assignment. In other words, if, you do not, if you're the kind of person who does not like to operate by the principle of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, then you cannot be able to function. Hello? You get what I'm saying? So God is telling us that for us to be able to understand the scope and the magnitude of our assignment, we must first of all be consecrated. Because consecration, what it does is that it begins to shape your mind so that you are able to understand the depositories of truth that God is depositing within you so that you'll be able to know how to appropriate that truth that will cause you to begin to have a hunger, a desire, and a craving for God and his word much more than anything else. Now, every one of us who is in Christ Jesus ought to realize one thing, that consecration for one person is different from another. My consecrations are different from yours. And that is if at all you know your consecrations. Because when I look at some of you, I doubt even whether you understand what consecration is. You've heard about the word. Probably you've checked the meaning in the dictionary like you normally do. Because when, when, when bishop introduces a new definitum, you go straight away to the dictionary. And you see that is where you get it wrong. That is why even whenever I share certain things you do not understand. Because instead of going to the word of God and to the spirit of God, you go to the dictionary. What makes you think that the things that I teach, you will be able to understand them from the dictionary? Hello? When a minister is sharing on a pulpit, not just in infamy, but wherever, even when you're, even though, even those sermons you watch on YouTube, if you want those sermons to be applicable in your life, if you want to bear fruit, the best thing to do is to go in prayer. You getting what I'm saying? When Apostle Selman preaches, you don't go looking for a dictionary. You go to the Bible, number one, because you want to, to to appropriate the Berean spirit to be able to see, to deduce as to whether Apostle Selman is preaching from the Holy Read or not. And then you begin to do what? To have an intercourse with the person of the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit of God will take you to a deeper place. So that if he's teaching on business, we need to see fruit in business in your life. We do not want to hear testimonies of you attending every conference of Apostle Selman and yet there is no fruit in your life. That's a wonderful minister. And every, other pastor, and every other minister that we know. But the question is, where is fruit? If the things that Apostle Selman teaches us are true, if they are of God, why aren't we not having fruit? The first time when he came, people were fighting for spaces in Sarit. Guys even missed some of our meetings in church. Hello? I remember one of our, one of our former members and I'm saying former because the person is not here, had to postpone a meeting to attend Selman's meeting. And after that conference was over, the person remained the same. I waited, I waited, I waited. There was no change. I began to wonder, so is the problem Apostle Selman? Certainly not. And you know, people began to talk about him like it's the first time some of us were hearing Selman. I, got, I started hearing Selman much, much earlier, even before he came into Kenya. Hello? Because the things that that man of God teaches, they are quite deep. That is heavy-duty revelation. But the question is, where is fruit? Because God's word coming forth from, from, from the mouthpiece of Apostle Selman is a word that is a gate code that should usher you to a place of deeper consecration. Yes. Yes. But you're hearing a word from such an, a, 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 a wonderful minister and yet you're the same. You talk the same way. You curse. You are rude. You brag about the number of years you've been saved. My friend, it's not the number of years you've been saved that matters. We need to see fruit. When bishop calls you out, does bishop
1: think that I don't know how to pray? Okay, fine. If you know how to pray, why am I not seeing answers? I go for
0: camps, left, right, and center. You've gone for conferences, but the question is, where is the fruit?
1: You're full of yourself. You're proud. First of all, you're defiant at home. You defy your parents. If we were to call your parents
0: here to give a testimony of you, what would daddy say about you? You look down upon your dad because he's a drunkard. Who told you that because your father is a drunkard, you can't honor him? Your dad may be a drunkard,
1: but what about you? You have a foul spirit of hatred. Hello? You criticize your mom
0: because she sh- you're taller than her. Because you've got a few fibers here. But my friend, that woman has done so much for you. Oh, yes. You despise an uncle, and that uncle paid school fees for you for one term. You've never even helped a poor person on the streets. And you're telling us you're born again. My friend, we need to check again. Because, friends, Revelation ushers us to a place of consecration. Hello? Every one of us has got his own journey of consecration. And you know, the goal of consecration is to, tra- to bring about transformation. You've heard God's word. Why is there no transformation? If there's no transformation, then the truth of the matter is, you're hearing amiss. The goal of consecration is to bring you to a place whereby you are aligned to the sovereignty of God. Consecration brings you to the place whereby you submit to the lordship of Jesus, where you say, let, my, let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. I'm a piece of clay, and you are the porter. The question is, if at all God is the porter, why don't we allow him to mold us?
1: We sing about God molding us. Hmm? 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 Hello? Understand this, beloved.
0: When someone begins the journey of consecration, one of the things that God will do in your life, is he will take you through what I call dealings. He begins to deal with you. He deals with your own character. He deals with your attitude. He deals with your perception. He deals with every aspect of you. Now, dealings are not the same as consecrations. Uh Dealings is is basically what the Holy Spirit uses to enforce consecration in your soul. Uh Hello? You get what I'm saying? And the mark that is left on you in the journey of dealings in what you call wilderness... That mark that is left on you is consecration. You get what I'm saying? Now, when you go through the journey whereby God begins to deal with you, or what we call process, okay? I don't know whether to rely on the infamy's definition of process because I believe to to a larger degree it is perverted. It is not the way it is. Because infamy, anytime you're going through struggle, I'm going through process. Yeah. When Bishop calls out Kaleke, Bishop is taking me through process. And there's no process there. You get what I'm saying? Because you see, friends, when God begins to deal with you, it's not something to joke around with. And most of you have failed in the test of dealings. No wonder that is why you've gone around the same, same mountain of your circumstance. Ask yourself, why is it that you pray, you fast, you do everything but things are the same? You say that the devil is working on you. There is no devil. My friend, Hakuna Pepo. You get what I'm saying? And even in times where the devil is operational in your life, it's because you have permitted him. Because of your disobedience, because of your arrogance. So what happens is, when you ask God to deal with you, to sort you out, let me tell you, friends, God will deal with you. The first thing God will, will do is that he will ensure that the company of bad people that you keep will be separated from you. How will God do that? He will allow your friends to disagree with you. People that you've been loving on, they've been loving on you a fight breaks out. You get what I'm saying? If it is on the family front, he'll ensure that your siblings rise against you. You begin to wonder, why is it that my, my brothers no longer love me? It's not that they don't love you. You are going through a dealing. You've been mommy's boy all of a sudden, mommy no longer speaks to you in that soothing manner. It's not that mommy does not love you. You're being dealt with.
1: If it is in a church such as this, all of a sudden, people don't talk to you. That is dealing. Hello?
0: You serve in a department. Let's, let, let, me, let, let me use the worship team, for instance. You are a wonderful Minister of worship. When you sing, the angels just join in heaven in unison. Okay? You sing and you sing. You were worthy. You are. You know, when, when, when you begin to ad lib, it's like people are carried away. Then one day, you try doing that, nothing. Guys are not moved. Guys are dozing. Guys are in prayer. You begin to wonder. There is heaviness in this. You start binding heaviness. There is no heaviness you're being dealt with. And then now, listen here, to show you that God is is in the business of dealing with you, he raises somebody from the congregation who never even knew how to sing. When that person sings hallelujah, that alone makes the whole church go into weeping. Now, if you're not careful, you'll begin to fight that person. You're being dealt with.
1: Those are dealings. Hmm? Hmm? In your office, your boss starts fighting you. you begin to say the enemy is fighting me.
0: You're not being persecuted. You're being dealt with. Do you know why your boss is doing whatever he or she is doing that? It's because there are things in your life that are a hindrance insofar as being consecrated is concerned. Yet here you've made very profound prayers. Like for instance, bishop calls you in front.
1: Bishop calls you and he gives you a word that you're going to be a great and astute businessman. Then you begin to feel
0: like you're more of a businessman than every other person. My friend, in that same congregation, there are people who have got more experience in businesses. They know what it means to lose money by taking
1: the first loan. So you begin to think that you're better than them. Hello? You try business, nothing works. Someone gives you half a million you
0: invested in business you lose it. And then you say bishop gave me a false word. Bishop never gave you a false word. That word was a gate to usher you to consecration. Yes! Yes! Now up to the time when you attain to the fullness of consecration there are dealings. You see when you see you see when God gives me a word to give to you be very careful. I'm not telling you you see when 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 I when I tell you something Okay, Gloria. When I give you a word, I'm not telling you that it will happen in three months. I might be telling you something that will happen after ten years. So between now, between the time when thus says the Lord, to the time when it shall come to pass, there is a journey of dealings. That word, and you know, that word will come with. A, it's it's a weapon. It's a double edged sword. It is to sort out every pride and arrogance to, you know, so that you are fashioned into a vessel that is fitting for the master's
1: use. Yes. You get what I'm saying? I remember another former member of this
0: ministry. I don't know why I'm talking about former members, but it's good to sometimes. I, I have fun when I talk about
1: these people because they amuse me. She told me she was wondering why the word that I gave her in
0: 2014 did not materialize. The first thing I did is that I started laughing. That was in Kindaruma court. I laughed, I laughed, I laughed and she thought that I'm just despising and I told her, "Look, look it's not that I'm despising you. I told her, any time when I give you a prophecy, it's not time for you to celebrate it is time for you to begin to ask God for grace, yes. to go through the process of dealing. Yes. I'm saying that out of, you think, you think when, when, when I used to receive prophetic words, it was easy? My friend, it has also not been easy. To whom much is, is given, much is required. I've also had my own share. When God called me into ministry, my friends, in the, in, in, in the mid-90s, you think it was easy? I lost friends. I lost opportunities. No one would talk to me. Guys just turned against me all of a sudden. Sometimes people would come up with a false allegation against you. Now, if I was not properly saved, let me use that word. If I was not properly saved, I think I would have backslid. If some of you people would have been, would, would have been given a fragment of the things I went through, by now
1: you'd be very much in the world. Where you want to be happy? Do you know there's a there's a difference between
0: happiness and joy? Yes. People want happiness. Happiness is temporal. Joy, joy enables you to stay through. Not joy taracha, but joy, joy, the joy of the Lord. Hello. Yeah, joy taracha is the head of sound. She's a very wonderful woman.
1: Wonderful. Roger, if you only knew. She's in your life.
0: You know, I almost said something, but there has been a strong restraint. And Roger did this. It's such a relief. It's not a time for me to say that. I will tell you when the time comes why jo- you why married, Joy. You think you got a wife. You did not get a wife. You got much more. But I will tell you when the right time comes. And don't come to me
1: after service because I will not say anything. <laughs> hmm. Hello. Hello. You see, when God takes you through a journey of dealings,
0: one of the things that you will discover is that you might be led to refrain from certain things that you covet beyond your human capacity. You see, there are certain things that we covet as human beings. For instance, if you're a person who loves series,
1: okay? If you love series, you love series?
0: When God begins to take you through a journey of dealings, one of the things you'll discover is that there's a certain restraining capability, capacity mechanism that is put in you that stops you from watching series. Because your human capability, your human capacity requires that you watch series. But divine dealing will cause you to go beyond that capacity. Because the truth of the matter is that some of us love
1: watching a lot. We we, we love watching series. Hmm? you getting what I'm saying? You just find yourself loving series.
0: Hmm? But I want want you to understand that being, you you know, uh, uh, refraining from certain things is not in and of itself consecration. It is basically your dealings. It's God dealing with you. And you know, dealings have a duration of time to fulfill the task whereby there's a chiseling of the dross of imperfection in you. Uh
1: Now, understand this. Watching series is not in and of itself bad. That's not the problem.
0: Watching TV is not bad. Watching movies is not bad. Eating food is not in and of itself bad. You, You get what I'm saying? It is basically God dealing with you because God God may take you through a particular process whereby he begins to deal in a particular aspect of your life so as to fulfill a task of removing a certain mode of imperfection that is rooted within the stratum of your your being. And you know, friends, the moment you forego the opportunity to partake of something that you have coveted for some time, One thing you'll realize is that you no longer have the craving for that very thing that soothes your soul.
1: You know, when you crave after something, it's because it soothes your soul. Siniqueli. You love something because it soothes you. You're a man and you love hanging around women more than men.
0: You just love women. Do you know why? It's because the company of women soothes your soul. But when God starts dealing with you, He removes those women. You try to give a hug, that hug is not huggable. A sister, the Lord whom you used to love hanging around with, no longer loves to hang around you. It's not that there's a problem with her, she does not have a demon. It's God dealing with you. Those of you who've lost friends, I'm now giving you the reason why you lost friends. The problem was not your friends. It was God dealing with you. Because there was something that you are feeding on. Your soul was feeding on something that was not profitable for your ordination. So it was not your friend. So don't go blaming people. And infamy, let me tell you this. You remember when we started a time came whereby we were so many and I told us that God is going to remove the mixed multitude from 2012? And when people started going, some of you began to feel a sense of loss. My friend, the problem was not with those who left. You are the issue. (laughs) Let me take it further. Even for those who backslid, You know, I tell guys, do not waste time following after someone who has left the faith. The best you can do is to pray. Because you want somebody to come back to do what? You don't even have the capacity to take care of that person. Will you be able to disciple that person? Have you prayed for yourself to be able to have the capacity to take care of a backslider? Leave people alone. They will come back. Not on your terms, on God's terms. But the reason why God had to remove some people was because of you. Because if He allowed this church to grow the way in which it was growing, my friend, some of us here would be elsewhere. Some of us would be too comfortable. Because infamy had become a church where people were now hanging around cliques, there were too many cliques. Clicks within the BS, clicks
1: within departments. Eh? Even departments, there were cliques. That when some when, when 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 other
0: people would come to hang around you, 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 it's 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 like you 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 who are who constitute that clique, you begin to just go in separate directions. So what God does, He scatters that click by ensuring that some people backslide to deal with you. And then, you know, the challenge is because you are full of judgment, you begin to point fingers at them.
1: But you're forgetting that you are already backslidden by virtue of pointing fingers. You get what I'm saying? So God was dealing with the community. Bishop, what do we do now? You know, I'm, I'm, I, I,
0: I miss this guy. You know, I miss this. She was my friend. He was my, like a brother to me. Who told you that person was your friend? You are not a friend. You are not a brother to that person. Do you know why you are not? There is something that is imperfect in you that God needed to deal with. Because for you to become a brother or a sister to such a person, you need to grow to levels of
1: consecration. There is a separation that is required. Hello? You get what I'm saying? So you see, there are those things that have been soothing you that God is there addressing.
0: Hmm? And you know, the impact of you refraining from certain things, the loss of certain things is what is your consecration. You know, when we lose friends, we don't lose friends because there's something wrong with us. We lose friends because that is the consecration that God has for us, depending on the season in which
1: we are in. When we stop watching series, it is because God is consecrating you. If you're the kind of person who loves red meat like me,
0: and then all of a sudden, you can't take, each time when you try to eat red meat, you begin to experience challenges, huh? Your tummy becomes
1: bloated. And you know red meat takes 48 hours to digest consecration. You're getting me? Some of you say, well, I think I'm developing an allergy. Says who?
0: <laughs> you know, bishop, nowadays I'm allergic. You're being consecrated. It's because you
1: love meat more than God. Hmm? Hmm?
0: Hmm. Or you love sneakers? I love sneakers. My sneakers, sneakers here, sneakers there, sneakers everywhere. But you know, friends, I have I've stayed without sneakers for up to even half a year without eating. Do you know why?
1: It's not that. It's not that I I I, I can do without it. There are times I just take a break. Hello. Let me now mess up some people here. You love going to the gym more than praying.
0: (laughs) Now, listen. Listen here. Listen. I love the gym. Training is good, but do you know it can be addictive? Do you know how committed we are towards training? Can, if we can be committed to prayer the same way we are committed to training. If we can, if we can co- be committed to fasting the same way we train three times a week. Do you know how we keep our schedule for training? If we can be committed to the study of scripture and doing a personal Bible study of the sermons that I teach, the same way we are committed to, 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 you know, you know, to training. Then you realize training is not the problem. But because sometimes you like too much of training, what God does, he allows you to have an injury. And that injury will make sure that you cannot go back to the gym for at least some years. So what will you be doing that time? Hello? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So in the absence of, of training, listen, in the absence of training, you are praying. And, and you see, by the time when you're through, with the three years before you resume the gym, you realize you do not go to the gym to train with such intensity. But your prayer life has grown. Consecration. Okay? Okay. You normally say that God mold me, break me. Eh? Mm. You see, what you used to crave was the prime gratification in your heart. Yes. Okay? Yes. So what happened was that God was just molding you by your detachment from certain things. Because friends, I've discovered that your affinity to certain things is equivalent to your affinity to the lust of the flesh. Hmm? You know, if you have a craving for a certain food, you have a craving for red meat, for instance. Now, red meat is not the problem. It is the perverted pleasure that is domiciled in your soul, which is a problem. So, don't blame red meat. Don't be like these people who say, because meat affected me, people should not
1: eat meat. Meat is bad. That is being extreme. Watch out. You get what I'm saying? If White meat affects me. And I
0: stop eating white meat. I should not now make it a rule that in infamy people should not eat white meat. My friend, eat pork. I don't like pork. I used to love pork. Oh, my. hey, hey. Hmm? Anguro is good. But imagine, I nowadays don't eat. I don't even like pork sausages. Pork sausages, were the, they were the in thing. But I cannot eat. But my friend, those of you who like pork... Those who, where are those guys who belong to the club of pork? Okay, I can see. So, so friends, don't try to do things like me. Pork no longer applies to me. I loved it when I was younger, but you know, when you grow older, there are things you can't take because you know, pork has a lot of fat. And you see, there were days when we were not like this. But uh, how we ended up this way in our current status, we don't know. So, But that's me. But for you who love pork, eat. But remember, there's also where God is going to capture you. <laughs> don't try to live like other people. Understand what is your journey. You get what I'm saying? One thing that I know is that dealings are basically meant to chisel your soul. All right? You get what I'm saying? Yes. Because you see, consecration is the characteristic seasoning that is added to the delicacies of your soul so that it produces a good redolence. You know, a redolence that draws the presence of God in your life. Yes. Now, one thing that I know about a person who's consecrated is that he or she cannot do the things that he used to, to do again. Okay? Because, you see, consecration is basically a consequence of the process of being chiseled away from the thing through spiritual dealings. All right? And the important thing to observe about the uh, consecration is that consecration has an ultimate purpose. The purpose of consecration is so that you and I may arrive at our various prophetic destinies. All right? You get what I'm saying? God does not just consecrate us so that we are just separated from people and from things. It is because of purpose. It is because of destiny. Hello? Hello. Now, what do I mean by destiny? Every destiny is prophetic. And a prophetic destiny is a place where there are things which are ordained for you to walk into. Uh A prophetic destiny is a place whereby there are things ordained for you to possess. A prophetic destiny is a place where there are things ordained for you to enjoy, things for you to also experience increase. Now, God is the one who initiates the process of facilitating us to enter into our prophetic destiny. You cannot usher yourself into your prophetic destiny. If you've been able to take yourself from one point to another and you see that God was involved, know very well that that was not God. You see, there are places that we can take ourselves, but there's a place in God insofar as destiny is concerned that only he alone can take us. Nonetheless, bear in mind that the devil cannot stop you from entering your destiny. Man can never stop you from walking into your destiny. You are the only impediment towards your ability to walk into your prophetic destiny. So don't tell me that People are stopping me from actualizing my destiny. You know, when people leave church, they leave church with the reason that, you know, in this church, I could not grow. I could not enter my destiny. You know, I can survive. You know, we don't need infamy for us to succeed. Well, it's not really infamy. God was just using infamy. Because even where you're going, God is still there. You know, you leave a church and you leave bishop. And you know, because Bishop does not specialize in holding people with 32 teeth, you're forgetting that the place where you're going to, Jehovah is there waiting for you to pick up the lessons from where you left in infamy. You know what God does when, he, when, 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 you, when you remove yourself from his presence? He allows you to settle where you've gone to. So you have some temporary relief. Okay? You are in transition. Transition. And you know, transition has got some temporary relief. Then thereafter, God now says, now it is time for us to pick up from where he left. Last time when you're in infamy, we learned about character formation. And now God uses the same pastor who spoke so well of you in that other
1: church to begin to whip you. And if there are things you did wrong in infamy, they are exposed there by word of knowledge.
0: Hello? You get what I'm saying? There's a man who tried to run away from the things of God. He left a church, went to another church, and after some weeks of settling there, the pastor of that church who does not walk in word of knowledge, God gave him word of knowledge and told this guy, go back to your former church. The Lord has told me that you are running away from church discipline. There are things you did, and he's speaking to him in the presence of the congregation.
1: Don't play around with God. Hello? You're saying that you want God to use you. My friend, being used of God is not a joke. Okay?
0: It is only you who can stop yourself from walking into your destiny. Now, one thing that I've known about God is that God will always hook you up with his prophetic mouthpiece to proclaim your destiny. You don't just, you cannot be the proclaimer of your destiny. Somebody else must proclaim your destiny. Okay? And the mouthpiece is normally located within a prophetic season where you have an encounter with the divine so that you are ushered into your destiny. You get what I'm saying? Now, this particular season, this prophetic season is basically what I would call the season of divine engagement. All right? You getting what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm basically now coming, coming now into, into sharing the scripture that we actually read. Now, what happens whenever you enter into a season of your divine engagement, what God does is that he will set up a prophetic altar to prepare you for your level, to prepare you for your destiny. Yes. Now, the altar cannot be overseen by anybody. That altar must be overseen by someone who's, who's your prophetic accompaniment. Yes. And, and you see, where there is an altar, there is sacrifice. Uh-huh. Where there is no altar, there can never be sacrifice. Now, the divine engagement that I'm talking about, which is basically your season, this is an engagement that is designed to endure you endow you rather with divine insight that will take you to the place where God wants you to go. Yes. And, the, and, 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 and that is why it is important for us to be people who understand the importance of divine revelation because divine revelation will enable you to comprehend, to comprehend who you are. It also helps you to understand where you are going. Because, beloved, the real person of your being is, not, is, 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 is basically what God put inside of you. The real person is not what men call you. There is what men will call you, but there is what God calls you. You're getting me? Men may call you a weakling, a person who struggles, a person who fellowships with circumstances, but God calls you a mighty man of valor. Men will call you good for nothing because of your mistakes. You get what I'm saying? But it's what God calls you. The question is, do you have the revelation as to who exactly you are? Now, Samuel has an encounter with Saul. You know, Saul was a very faithful son of his father, Kish. Then one day God decides to set Saul up. He decides that in order for me to usher this guy into his destiny, I will cause trouble. I'll make the donkeys of his father to disappear. And the donkeys get lost. And like a faithful son, he obeys the call of his father to go look for the donkeys. So he picks one of the servants and they go looking for the donkeys. And they look for... They look for the donkeys from each and every place, and the donkeys are not found. And God made sure that these donkeys are not found because God wanted to introduce Saul to something he did not know. God wanted to introduce Saul to who he is. Yes. Saul knew himself as the son of Kish. But God saw something else different yes. that this was going to be the king of Israel. Yes. So the donkeys are not found. And Saul is about to give up, like some of us normally give up in life. You give up in salvation, you've been saved for long, you've attended youth camps, you've attended conferences, you've attended seminars, workshops, you've you've gone for seminars with regards to your workplace, but there's no promotion coming because your boss is not seeing you, no one is recognizing you, so you feel like going back to the village.
1: Hello? So Saul decides, you know what, we need to go back, and the servant says, no, we cannot go back.
0: There's a man of God that I've heard of Uh who is able to give us an interpretation as to where the donkeys are. And then, you know, Saul says, but yeah, there's this man of God, but we do not have an offering. But the servant who is so determined says, you know what? I have an offering here. You know, friends, the company that you keep determines whether you'll meet your destiny or not. You have friends in your life, but your friends do not introduce you to anything. If you've got friends who whine like you, then you better change your company. If you've got friends who speak, who badmouth people in authority, change your company. You need someone who is able to speak words of faith. Someone who is able to see what you cannot see. The friend may not even be a pastor. May just be an ordinary person. The question is, what kind of people do you keep around you? When you're on the verge of, keep, of giving up over a task that has been assigned to you at your place of work, check which colleague that you have that is able to speak positivity. Because some of, the, of our workmates, they join us in the ranks of whining and complaining. You've been given a task by your boss. You cannot resolve. You're on the verge of writing a resignation letter. You need a colleague who will tell you, let's not resign. There's still a way forward. Let, me consult with, let, let us consult with someone who's outside this company, someone who can help us resolve this thing. And the person whom you're going to consult is your prophetic accompaniment. He's not just a person. He's not just a consultant. That is a prophetic accompaniment. It all depends on how you see him or her. So Samuel tells, uh, Samuel meets Saul, and Samuel tells Saul, come with me and eat with me at the high place. Hello. You see, the high place is a place of fellowship. The high place is a place of communion and relationship with God. Yes. Beloved, we must understand that in our journey of consecration, insofar as destiny is concerned, God is calling us to a place of intensified fellowship with him. For you to be able to complete your consecration, there must be fellowship, relationship, and communion with the divine. There must be fellowship, relationship, and communion with brethren who are like-minded like you. Hello? You see, when you know who you are, you will begin to live for your assignment. You will live for the assignment that, 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 that equals your calling. You're getting me? You will live for your assignment that is equivalent to your destiny. Yes. When you know who you are, you get me? When you know who you are, money will not be an issue. Whether it is there or not there, you will live for your assignment that is equivalent to your destiny. When you know who you are, you will live for your marriage. Hello? Those of you who are married, even when your spouse is nasty sometimes, because you know who you are and you understand the assignment you have in your marriage, you will live for your marriage. The assignment you have in your marriage is equivalent to your destiny. You get what I'm saying? You'll not join the ranks of those who say all men are the same, all women are the same, men are dogs, women are prostitutes. Why don't you begin by calling yourself a dog or a prostitute? If all men are dogs, then you must be dog number one. If all women are prostitutes, then you are the, big, the chief test of all prostitutes. But if you do not want to be a prostitute, then do not demonize every member of the opposite gender because of your own mistakes. Because chances are you could be the enabler of the issues in your marriage. If you've been in a relationship and things are not have not worked well, do not join those who hate marriage. Marriage works, my friends. I know there are so many divorces and separations amongst millennials and Gen Zs, but my friend, marriage works even amongst millennials and Gen Zs. Yes!
1: it works. You getting me? You despise them that are
0: rich because you don't have money, and you say that every person who's rich is a member of the Freemason, is an Illuminati. My friend, God did God created riches. Satan is not the author of riches. Why are you giving glory to the devil?
1: Or you, want, or, or you love poverty? You want to fellowship with poverty? Hmm? Huh? You want to have a
0: fellowship with poverty? Hmm? Hmm? Hmm?
1: Kaleke, you want to have a fellowship with poverty? Hmm? Poverty is not, is not a friend. If you want to be rich, then you better love them
0: that are rich and learn how to be rich. God's way.
1: Okay? Because there are also other ways in which people become rich by offering human sacrifice. Do you have what it takes? Hello? You see, when you know who you are, you will
0: pursue after the task that you're ordained to do. Okay? And you see, for you to be able to pursue the task that you're ordained to do, beloved, you must detach yourself from certain things. You must detach yourself from certain people. Hello? So Saul decides to join Samuel in the high place. He comes to the high place and they begin to have me. Now remember this. Saul did not know that he was invited. Everybody else was invited, about 30 people. Saul was the 31st person. He never knew. Do you know, friends, sometimes God will set up circumstances in your life whereby you discover by divine appointment that you've actually been invited to a feast. He didn't even know that he was invited. When you read the story, you discover that he was the last person to be invited. And yet, not only was he the last person to be invited, there is something that we read in Scripture. There was a portion that was set aside for him to partake in fellowship with Samuel. Now, you may have gotten saved probably some months ago, maybe a few years, and you look at some of us and you begin to wonder, oh my God, I wish I could speak in, you know, speak the kind of tongues that Bishop speaks. I wish I could sing in the spirit. My friend, listen here. It's not the number of years that really matter. All you need to have is the right heart. Have the right heart. Have the right posture of heart. You see, as far as God is concerned, being the last does not mean you'll always be last. The Bible says the last shall be the first and the first shall be the last. Because there's a portion that has been set aside for those who do not know they have been invited. When you come for a service such as this, know very well it is a divine invitation extended to you. Within the construct of the troubles you're going through at present. Okay? Okay? Yes, you're going through something, but understand God has invited you to something that is much more higher than your trouble. And God does not want you to fellowship in your trouble. Uh-huh. You see, Samuel tells Saul not to mind about the, the, the donkeys. The donkeys are already found. Him is telling him, you know what, the donkeys have been found. Don't even ask how they were found. Let us go to the high place. So when you come to church, you, you, you're coming to a place of fellowship. Fellowship is the high place of communion with God. Uh-huh. God is inviting you to a place whereby you'll fellowship with brethren who are like-minded like you. Uh-huh. Because the company that you keep will determine where you'll go. You get what I'm saying? And then, you know, Samuel instructs the cook to bring that portion that was set aside. Now, who is the cook? The Holy Ghost. Okay? The cook is the Holy Ghost and Samuel represents God the Father. You know, there are things that only the Father can give to you that I as bishop cannot give to you. If you're coming to me expecting me to give you something, I'm afraid you might get it wrong. There are things that only God the Father has reserved for you. There are things that the Spirit of God can only prepare for you. Hello? Hello? You will always get your divine portion only when you present yourself before God. How do you present yourself before God? You present yourself before God by attending fellowship. You see, the problem with people in church, people do not want to come for fellowship. Thank God for live stream. Live stream only applies for those who are really sick and cannot come or those who are working on Sunday. But my friend, if it is time to come to church on Sunday, come to church on Sunday. So if you're at home and you don't present yourself for fellowship and you're saying, you know what, God is not limited in terms of so you're just being lazy. Let's tell each other the truth. You are lazy. And then you expect to partake of the same, same blessing that other people are partaking. You come to church when people are through with prayers because you don't like prayer.
1: That's the problem. It's not, it has nothing to do with the matatus. You're just lazy. Hello?
0: You know, most people who miss intercessory prayers or prayer meetings or occasions,
1: these are guys who are lazy. Look at their lives after some years, you'll discover nothing changes. And then when they see other people being uplifted, they'll begin to say that some people are being favored.
0: Hello? You know, in this church, we don't favor people. The people whom you see around me most of the time, you can ask them, there is no favor.
1: <laughs> there is no favor, my friend. What keeps them hanging around me for all this
0: long time is dealings and consecration.
1: It's, you see, with my speech of Father Bishop Bulumbi. We are good friends, and you know, some of his
0: other sons and daughters have actually acted with a lot of envy towards that. Of course, they've never done that directly towards me because they would definitely fear, because uh, I'm not the type of person you can confront in that manner. But you know what? They do not know that for me to have kept in step with my papa, it is dealings and consecration.
1: You see you 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 see Papa Mulumbi preach here, and then you say that this guy is so nice, and you have no idea. He's a very intense person. But you know what, friends? I love that intensity because I'm also very intense.
0: So he gives me intensity, I give him intensity. And the more intense we are, the more I'm growing in revelation. Do you know what we normally do whenever we never meet Bishop Mulumbi? We do not talk about people. We share the word of God. He, he begins to drop a mystery. And you know, he's very good at provoking me. And I begin to, it's like he opens a belt and I begin to just pour out. And before long, a someone has been
1: created. You get what I'm saying? You see the series on money and wealth, the instruments of the heart. Do you know how it came about? We were just
0: discussing. I remember uh, Richie was there, and I think, if I'm not wrong, I think Revdan, if, if, if I remember very well. We were in his house in Comarock, and we were just talking. And he began to say, you know what, you need to do a series on money. Of course, that series had been within me, but it had not really developed further. But we started talking. We later on called each other at night, and I began to share the things that God had put in my spirit. And by the time I was through, I knew what I was going to
1: share in part one, part two, all the way until part nine. Some of you, when you want to see Papa, you want to come and see me because of your problems. You don't want us to talk about the word of God. I tell you, let's pray for four hours. You look at me, you, you fear. Or you think getting a someone is just, yeah? you pray for good hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Bishop, my parents are uh, 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 very mean towards me. Okay, let us pray. Let's do six hours prayer. And you begin to think about your classes in school. You begin to think about your business and so on. A business that you're struggling with and it's not giving you much. Yet if we prayed for those six hours and share the word of God, you'll get wisdom as
1: to how to unravel the challenges of your business. Unapata tu mapeni madogo
0: na inakungusha tu. Just some some small coins. Hello? You see, the reason why we miss out on breakthrough is because we ask somebody else to pray for us, but we don't want to pray.
1: Hmm? Huh? Huh? Let me tell you something. The revelation
0: behind the very portion that was set aside for soul means, beloved, you can become better than those who went before you. It is not about how many years somebody has been saved that matters. You that got saved maybe a few months ago, you can excel even much more than those who've been saved for 20 years. I've seen it out of experience.
1: You get what I'm saying? There are brethren whom Apostle Mulumbi raised. He's been with them much longer than me. So I just came from behind.
0: But by the grace of God, I understood the portion that was set for me in the lineage.
1: And I partook of it. And became better to the glory of God. So you don't need to wait. There's a portion set aside even for those of you who joined in me recently. You
0: think it will only be first generation. If you're waiting for first generation to give you what they receive from me, then you're
1: a fool. You need to design, and you need to access it. You get what I'm saying?
0: I'm trying to be very, very simple so that at least people are able to understand exactly what I'm actually saying. You can become better than those who went before you because, beloved, your level of revelation is what keeps you moving. If you are at a lower level of revelation, you'll walk at the lowest of all levels. If you are at the height of revelation, if you are at the highest level of revelation, that is what will keep you going. And you know, beloved, the strength to go depends on the revelation you have received within because revelation is not from without. Revelation is from within. When God gives you divine revelation from within, it's what will keep you going. And remember, everything was set aside for, uh, by God for you in eternity. Not in time. The things you are enjoying right now are already set aside for you in eternity. Okay? Because, friends, God spoke dominion into place for humanity into their spirit even before time. Hello? And that's why, friends, you must be ushered into the assignment of what you must become by God through another man of God. And this is where now prophetic accompaniment is very important. You know, most times, you know, whenever we tell people to seek pastoral counseling over certain things, people despise because they believe that they are wise in their own understanding.
1: You see, I'm not just your bishop or your senior pastor because I love the title.
0: It's not a title, it's a function. I may not have depth of
1: understanding about your career, but there are some things that I know. There are things I know. First of all, I know you as a son of the house. Okay? I know you as a daughter of the house.
0: To a greater extent, I understand your calling. I know the ordinations. I even know your capability. But the question is,
1: when was the last time you ever fellowship with bishop? Not to come to talk about your problems, just to fellowship.
0: (laughs) Do you know, I even, let me tell you something. I can actually tell
1: when some of you ever visited me. Or when we ever went out to a restaurant.
0: Those of you in first generation, you remember those wonderful days? Some of you we used to meet every day. Okay? Curtis, you remember? Terrific Tuesday. What happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Curtis' dealings. Let me tell you something. A
0: pastor is not just a human being that you toy around with. Of course, we
1: are human, but the difference between me and you is grace. You see, when we fellowship together in the counsel of the word of God, there are some
0: answers that will be provided for you. The same way Saul was
1: fellowshipping with Samuel, his prophetic accompaniment. Hmm. You get it with me? You're wondering why is
0: it that some things are not coming to pass and God spoke this. That's why we need fellowship. So that we will talk about these things and I'll break certain things down for you. And even for those who come, the question I want to ask you is that to what degree have you been
1: able to apply the things that I've broken down for you? As to what God said. You keep your distance and say bishop is intense. Fine. Hello? Yeah? You keep your distance, you say, you know what, I don't like that personality. My friend, this personality was given to me by God. And you need it. Hello, You need this personality. Hmm? Hmm. You remember one time
0: when, when Deacon Roger was sharing about uh, the challenges of his dad. I think that time the father was there for that someone in Sarit. He, he said that he, 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 he was very uncomfortable with
1: the fact that his dad is choleric until when he met Bishop Gobanga. Then he realized that The challenge was not his dad. The challenge was how he understood his father. You getting me? So when was the last time? If I'm a pastor to you by convenience, my friend, you better backslide. Or better still go to this church behind here. Maybe there they'll help you. But if I am truly a pastor, where is the fellowship? Bishop times are hard. You know, we are going through
0: stuff. It is true times are hard, but my friend, in as much as times are hard, if we can fellowship and have a relationship and have communion together, don't you think we can find things out?
1: Or do you see me whining like you? I don't go whining like you
0: and complaining and blaming so-and-so, blaming the economy, blaming the president, blaming Azimio, blaming UDA, you know, blaming everything. We blame the rats, the roaches, the climate, and everything, and the the landlord, and the landlady, and the wochi, and the management committee. You're blaming everything. If your computer breaks down, you blame the computer. You blame HP, you blame the MacBook, and so on and so forth. You just complain. You're negative. When will you ever be positive? The only way to become positive is you need to check who is it that is keeping company with you. Fellowship. Because fellowship is a place where we're able to get direction from God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Hmm? And you see, each time when God speaks to us, every revelation must be backed out, it must be backed up by the word of God. Because, friends, divine revelation is a place of knowledge. It is a place whereby you are enlightened. It is a place
1: whereby darkness is expelled. Hallelujah. Now, the place of your divine destiny is the basis for divine increase.
0: And divine appointment is the place for your revelation. Now, remember... Like I told us earlier on, every altar is overseen by a prophetic mouthpiece. Okay? And and in this particular story that we read in 1 Samuel, the man of God who was overseeing this particular altar was Prophet Samuel. Now Samuel is telling Saul that I will reveal things to you. There are certain things that are locked up in you. There is what is in your heart. Things which God locked within you. Things that you are meant to be and to live for. Beloved, it takes a prophetic accompaniment to
1: reveal and to disclose unto you what exactly is it that is locked in you. Hello? I remember when I met Rev. Richie in 2010 in a place, May
0: 21st, in some auditorium in 2010. It was an overnight meeting. You know, I was declaring God's word to Richie. Richie thought that I'm, stock, I'm talking about him being a motivational speaker. I told him, no, you're not a motivational speaker. You're a minister of the gospel. And those who were in that meeting could not believe what I spoke of Richie. But was there anybody in that meeting here? How many were in that meeting? Oh,
1: yes, Richie's wife, Sarah, also Roger. Who? Oh, yes, you're also there. Did you ever believe
0: what I said about Richie? At that time, no. What about you, Roger? You know, Richie was known as a joker. (laughs) Rev Richie was a joker to most people, but when I met him the first time in that overnight, an overnight which I attended against my will, by the way, but that's a story for another day. I was not prepared for that overnight, but somebody decided to ambush me and I went to that overnight very angry. But little did I know that it was an overnight that was supposed to be a turnaround for some people. I spoke and I told people that this is a man of God. People thought that I was joking. And I spoke in the context of certain things that Richie was going through at that time. But you see, it never took long. The very things that I spoke concerning Richie
1: started coming to pass. Don't you enjoy Richie's preaching? So you see, friends, sometimes you need someone who's able to see what you cannot see within you.
0: And when I tell some of you guys about certain things, you think I'm joking. Keep on playing and joking and other people's prophecies will come to pass. You know, know, the difference between me and other prophets is that I don't ask you to bring an offering because I've given you a word. I give you a word and I walk away and let you sort yourself out. If you want any further dealings, we meet and fellowship. Not so that you may give me
1: money. Why should you give me money, and then when things fail, you start blaming me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes God to position someone who will speak the word of truth,
0: a, a word of season, a word of direction, a word of promise, a word of guidance, a word of pro, correction. You need that particular word. And, one th- and what God has spoken concerning some of you guys, it still stands. The reason why maybe it has not come to pass is not because I lied. It's because you are the problem. And if you want us to go further, we, we, we can have a conversation, and I'll tell you where you are wrong, because I already know. But I keep quiet. You know, when you grow old, you, be- you, be- you become quiet. You don't go telling, telling people. Some of you people, if you are to speak in word of knowledge, you live and hate God. So, because we 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 care so much about you, we do not want to hurt you. We look at you acting in foolishness. We keep quiet, and we pray that by process you will be able to learn. So, you
1: need somebody who's going to speak the word of counsel to you.
0: You get what I'm saying? So, the problem is not me. The problem is you. I gave you a word. You did not know. You didn't even have the wisdom. You didn't even take time to understand. You never went to pray. You never. We never even had fellowship, Father.
1: That's why you're struggling. Hmm? You get what I'm saying? Because God has got wonderful things. Wonderful things for you. Hmm?
0: You see, like, you see, for somebody like, like Roy, Roy should know by this time that he's supposed to be someone who has a music studio. With, 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 with state of the art facilities. And I see that is not enough. Start some, something like, like, that is
1: some sort of an academy for music. But there are certain things I can't tell Roy
0: right now because he does not have capacity to handle that. So I have to wait until he knows what to do with that word
1: before I release uh, uh, other things further. Hello? You get what I'm saying? Hmm? For somebody like Kaleke, Kaleke needs to know that a time will come where he'll have to change his career.
0: Yes, he's he's, 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 he's a scientist with a difference, but
1: as far as what the Spirit of God is telling me, he'll need to change his career. Hello? You get what I'm saying? You see, the spirit of Christ
0: upon the spirit of God is what will cause them to understand who they are created to be. Like I said, beloved, there can never be revelation without fellowship with God. And you know, fellowship is is, is a place of listening and speaking. Fellowship is a place whereby you do not just keep quiet, you also have to talk. I get bored when I meet someone And says, Bishop, I just want you to talk to me. Just talk to me. Just talk. Niongeleshe. So, Bishop, atakuongelesha, aonge, 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 but what about you? You're not even participating.
1: Eh? 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 Beloved, there's time to talk and there's also time to listen. So, if we are saying
0: that we need to meet for fellowship, let's listen to each other and let's talk to each other.
1: Saul thought that his assignment was to look after his father's donkey. But that was the wrong assignment. Okay?
0: Just, just the same I'm saying, Kaleke believes that, he's, that because he studied he, he, he science-related courses at the university, he needs to do research. But as far as the Spirit of God is concerned, he's not, what he's doing is not bad. You, you don't get me wrong. You get what I'm saying? And I hope he's not un- misunderstanding what I'm saying. Okay?
1: What he's doing is not wrong. The thing is, it will not take him where God wants him to go. Okay? It will not take him where he is supposed to go. That's just the issue. Okay? Just the same way, a person like Emmanuel, what he was studying at at, at ANU... As far
0: as God is concerned, that was not what God intended. That's why God orchestrated what happened in him
1: and has changed him into a different career path whereby he is learning via process. God is training him in a career path
0: whereby he is doing something that he never studied in school. You get what I'm saying? And that is why, friends... If at all we are going to experience the actualization of increase in our lives, we must
1: be positioned strategically to do the right things that God has ordained for us. Okay? One of the reasons why there is
0: no increase in some of your lives is because you are living for what God did not call you to do.
1: You are living for your career, but you are not living for what God called you to do. Is bishop against career? No. Is bishop against employment? No. Is bishop
0: against business? No. The problem is not that. The problem is you're not living for what God has called you to do. If it is career, is it the right career? If it is business, is it the right business?
1: If it is relationship, is it the right relationship? That's why you're breaking up every now and then. You're breaking people's
0: hearts and your heart has been broken. And you're cursing the person who broke your heart. Listen here, those of you who have gone through breakup, don't don't live a life whereby you blame that woman and that man for having broken your heart. Don't blame all those women who
1: broke your heart. You are the problem. Hmm? You get what I'm saying?
0: You blame your siblings for having frustrated you, saying that I am the black sheep. You've given your name. You've baptized yourself the black sheep. Black sheep onyango. (laughs) What kind of name is that? What kind of confession is that?
1: How can you be called black sheep onyango? Hmm? Hmm? Frustration odongo. There are things that, you know, there are things we have confessed in our lives and as a result, we are not even doing pretty well.
0: Hmm? You get what I'm saying, guys? So if at all you're looking for increase, check and see what exactly
1: are you living for. What are those things that you're doing? And, and bear in mind this. Whenever God speaks
0: his word, remember, there are many people who may
1: see the light, but it's only one person who can hear the voice of God. You're getting me? Because remember, the voice of God speaks within the construct of light. Otherwise, everything else is light. You remember when Saul was on his way to persecute Christians to Damascus? His accomplices saw the light, but they did not hear the voice.
0: So the question is, are you only seeing light or have you heard the voice? And you know, God does not speak to multitudes. God speaks to an individual. And you are the individual that God wants to give direction by revelation so if you're waiting for other people to hear what you've heard, then you are going to hear amiss. Because people may be used by the enemy to confuse you. You must hear what God has said and respond to what God has actually spoken to you. Because beloved, you must understand, whatsoever you
1: see is what gives you the power to speak. And what you hear is what gives you the power to act. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why it's important for us
0: to come to a place whereby we are released to be able to walk to the things that God has ordained us to walk into. And you see, after God reveals his word to you, the same way Samuel, the prophet, revealed the word of the Lord to Saul, you must understand the revelation of God's word must
1: must be followed by a divine separation. Anytime when God speaks, he separates you.
0: If there is no separation of the word of God that I'm preaching today, my friend, then I'm preaching, you know, in vain. God's word does not come forth to keep you contained in the same position. God's word is, is spoken
1: into your life for you to be separated. So the question is, what is it that has been separated in your life? Huh? You see, separation basically means that you are living for what you are meant to be. If God is going to separate me from my assignment, then it means I must leave for that assignment. Hello? Because you see, people may question my preaching as an apostle, but you cannot question my calling. You can question and criticize my preaching, and I'll say fine. But when it comes to the calling, that is another thing altogether. You're so mindful about what people are criticizing concerning the things
0: you do. The question is, do you even know your calling? If it is in business, is it a calling to business and what specific area of business? So if God has called you to business and the rest of the people are criticizing you, my friend, don't live for the
1: opinion of people. Live for what God has called you to do. And let men be men. You get what I'm saying? If God has called you to
0: be a minister in the area of music, live for your music ministry. Okay? If you're a psalmist like Ethan, live for it. Don't wait for people to affirm you. Let me tell you, church is one place if you're not careful,
1: (laughs) you'll be criticized. If you do not have the right voice, thank God Ethan has a good voice.
0: At least that is one area where God has, has rescued him.
1: If you've got the wrong voice, people will criticize you. But if you believe in your voice, even though you croak, you will be able
0: to sing, and, and you see the, the, the favor of God will actually come upon you.
1: Mm? Mm? Mm. You know, one of the assignments of Eddie is also to produce music. zelele batondolo kutata rabi
0: beza golele kimasita tore let me conclude uh,
1: with the following in the interest of time so Saul is told by Samuel
0: to command his servant to go ahead and then Samuel takes a vial of oil and he pours upon Saul's head. Now, what is the pouring of oil on Saul's head? You see, the pouring of oil, basically, it, it symbolizes that Saul is being removed from amongst the people. He's being set aside to leave for what has been revealed to him. When I poured oil upon the head
1: of Rev. David Oyuke last Sunday, when I poured that oil from the horn,
0: I was basically removing him from amongst the people. I was basically separating him from being a common person so that he may live for the assignment that God has called him to do. I was basically consecrating him. You get what I'm saying? You see, the anointing does not come upon your life so that you may brag that you are anointed. The anointing basically comes upon you so that it becomes a symbol of God putting you in a class of your own. Hello? God anoints to separate. God anoints to consecrate. He does not anoint so that you may have goosebumps.
1: God does not anoint you so that you may speak in tongues. It's good to speak in tongues. It
0: has got its purpose biblically. But we are anointed so that we are separated from being a person who lives like every other person. You do not become an ordinary person. You are separated so that you may be in a class of your own. You are separated so that you may be a person who is holy and set apart. You, you know, and you know, holiness is not just for the pulpit, even for the marketplace. Holiness is not just for the pulpit. Holiness is also for the marketplace. There is need for holiness in your office. There is need for holiness in your business. The reason why your business is struggling is because you're not holy. Or you thought that business is for people who are unholy, that I'm doing something secular. My friend, there is no such a thing as secular work. Every work is holy. We need to change how we look at things. Work is holy. Business is holy. Working for government is holy. Every gate of society is holy. And if you look at it that way, then you'll live a life of consecration because consecrated things be-
1: belong to those who are consecrated. So until you're consecrated, you'll keep on struggling. Hello? Hmm? We need anointed nurses, Joshua. Because nurses are killing people in
0: hospitals, giving patients overdose. You need a nurse who is full of the Holy Ghost. Even as you give medicine, you you are in tongues. You're praying for that patient, and that patient becomes healed. The medicine, you just administer the, the, the medicine as an act of righteousness. Because if you don't give the drugs, they'll follow you up, and you'll not tell them, it's because I prayed in tongues, you'll get sucked.
1: Hello? You get what I'm saying? I think I'll have to continue.
0: I'll have to continue... I think the other Sunday, that's when I think I'll be able to finish. Let's start. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.